You're listening to the Girlfriends in the Word podcast. I'm your host, Natalia Drum. This podcast is designed to dive into scripture through systematic study in books of the Bible. Through cultural conversations with women today, or on specific topical studies so that we can learn what God has to say for our lives. My goal is to equip you to study God's Word well and to encourage you in your faith journey as we walk together and become girlfriends in the Word. Hey, friends, I am so excited to introduce you to my friend, Brittany Ann. She is one of those internet friends that you are just so excited to actually get to meet in person or get to know. And we have a great conversation for you today because I am so excited to share that Brittany Ann has just released an amazing book. So welcome to the podcast, Brittany Ann. Brittany, would you tell us a little bit about your new book that just launched yesterday? Yes, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to get to speak with you today. So my new book is called Follow God's Will, Biblical Guidelines for Everyday Life, and it is designed to help you answer the question, what does God want me to do? Whether that is in the big things. So, you know, what is God's will for my life? What job should I take? Who should I marry? All those really big questions or just in the day-to-day things. How do I deal with a coworker who is not a believer, who's asking me to do things that I don't agree with? How do I engage in those social media debates online? So basically it is a framework designed to help you in your own life figure out how to answer the question, what does God want from me? How do I respond to this question as a Christian? I love it. And my podcast listeners are going to love your book because we do a lot of biblical teaching on this podcast. And it can be so challenging because the Bible is not necessarily a roadmap to how to live. It's not a you know checklist that will make everything easy. It's a story of God's redemption. But your book is an amazing resource on how we can use biblical principles to walk this out in the everyday life. And so first of all, friends, you guys have to check this book out. I've got a copy of it. I've been on her launch team, got a copy of it, and it is very, very well done. And I love how simple and easy it is. And you guys, you guys went with a great publisher too. So Mm -hmm. Esther Press is one of those great, great new imprints out of David C. Cook that is just producing some amazing, amazing books. I'm so excited for you. So Let's dive into our topic today. And you and I had talked a little bit about how it works when we as Christians have to engage with people who make poor choices. And right now on the podcast, we're in the series about engaging with people who are having these really complicated cultural conversations about hot emotional topics such as abortion and transgender and, you know, gay marriage and all these different things. And so would you talk a little bit about how God's word and biblical guidelines help us love people who make poor choices? Yeah, this is such a great question because it would be nice sometimes, I feel like, if we were all surrounded by this amazing Christian community who believed the same things as us, who encouraged us to live out our faith fully, but that's not the case. We live in a fallen world. Even amongst Christian, there's there's so much disagreement of which things should get priority or which how we should vote or how we should believe different political issues. There's so much disagreement. Um, so I think this is something that is a great question we have to answer. So for me, it all comes down to, first of all, a passage that we see in Matthew chapter 22, verses 37 through 40. In this passage, Jesus tells us the two most important commandments of all. He says, 
Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. And I think it's important to start here because so often as Christians, we can fall into this trap where we think, well, being a Christian means I have to follow these rules or, well, God's way is best. So I need to make sure that everyone around me also follows these same rules. But when we read the Bible and we see how Jesus interacted with the people around him, how he loved both the Christians and non-Christians of his time, Jesus wasn't concerned with coming to people and making sure that they followed the rules. He wasn't concerned with going to them and making sure that they all believed exactly like he believed. Jesus loved people. And I think we sometimes get it backwards when we think, okay, I need to go into this culture and tell them, well, God says this, well, the Bible says this, you need to do this, you need to measure up, you need to behave. And that's not the picture we see in the Bible at all. Yes, these things are important. God has these laws and rules for us. But I mean, the gospel tells us we can't earn our way into salvation. So I think it's just very backwards when we come at it with, okay, I'm going to make sure that everyone around me follows these same rules. I'm going to make sure that everyone around me believes what I believe. When really Jesus tells us all of these laws, every single command throughout all of scripture, it's all summed up with two things, love God, love others. If you're not loving God, if you're not loving others, you're completely missing the point. It's not about getting people to follow the rules. As a Christian myself, I do want to follow God's rules. I believe that they're best. I believe that they're good. But the reason that I follow God's rules is because I love God, because I trust him. And it's just not fair to expect people who don't know God, who don't believe his will is best to just step in line with those rules when, you know, maybe they don't believe in God. Maybe they don't believe in the Bible. Maybe they have a different life experience. So I think just a bit backwards and we really need to start with, okay, how can I love the people around me? Not how can I make them behave the way I want them to behave? Or how can I get them to do what I think God wants them to do? But how can I love them? How can I show God to them? How can I be a good example? How can I show them this is why I'm a Christian, why it matters. I think if we're just coming to people and saying, you know, you better follow these rules. Nobody wants, like, that's not appealing. Nobody wants that. Um, But instead, when we can come to them just authentically and say, you know, this is what my life was like before Christ. And this is what my life is like in Christ. And when there's a joy and when there's an excitement, when we're Christians, because we want to be, I feel like that's just so much more appealing. So there's all kinds of tips and strategies and things that we can talk about, but I think it really starts there with saying, you know, it's not about beating people until they follow the rules. It's about how do we love people? How do we see everyone around us, whether they're Christian or not, as this is a human being made in God's image and likeness. God loves this person. And it's not my job to go beat them over the head with the Bible. It's my job to love them and to be a light and to show them this is what being a joy-filled Christian can look like. So good. So good. And I love that you started with loving God because the truth of the matter is, is if we don't love God well, we don't love God first. If we don't know how to love God, we don't know how to love people. If we don't receive God's love, we can't give God's love. And so I love how you start with that. And, you know, I always tell my children, it's very, we can't put our rules on other people. You know, like we can't expect them to play the game that we're playing. If, if somebody is not a Christian, we can't expect them to follow God's rules because they don't play for his team. And so I think that was such a good distinction that, you know, our call is to love people. And then within the Christian community is a different conversation to have because, you know, we're all playing by the same rules of God's word. But outside of that, 
they don't know any better. So they're living according to the world. So in your book, you talk about a lot of really amazing things. And one of those things is, you know, how do we share the gospel in truth and love? And so we want to love the world. And part of loving the world is we should share the gospel. How do you find that to be effective when we are engaging with people who have different convictions than us? And how do we do that with truth and love? Because it seems like the world is very good about being truth-filled without grace and compassion and mercy and kindness, or we become so loving where we are just kind of pulled into the stigma that love means acceptance of everything. And we've got to love them into heaven without ever telling them, Hey, this is sin and this is wrong and this isn't good for you. And I, because I love you, I don't want you to do this. Could you talk into that for a minute? Yeah, I think that's such an important distinction because so often we might think that loving people means telling them every time that they're wrong, or we might think that loving people means never telling them anytime that they're wrong. And I've definitely seen both sides on social media, but loving people doesn't mean accepting everything about them. Yes, there is a kindness that needs to happen. But if you think about if you had a friend who was running headlong towards a cliff, And you can see, because you have a different vantage point that, hey, if they keep running headlong, they're going to fall off of this cliff and die. You would tell them, you would say, hey, stop. Like, this is bad. Like, you need to stop. You would do everything you could to get their attention because you can see if you keep running in this direction, you're going to fall off a cliff. And I don't know about you. Like, if I saw my friend running into destruction, I would tell them, I would say, Hey, stop. I would do everything that they, that I could because I care about them because I care what happens to them. The same thing. If you saw like a toddler fall into a pool who can't swim, you wouldn't just sit by and like, Oh, well, that was their choice. Like, I guess their parents just don't care. Like it's cool. Like, no, because I love you, I'm going to say something, but I'm not going to do it in a judgmental way. I'm not going to do it in a way where I think that, Oh, well, I'm so much better. I'm not going to do it in a demanding way. We have to remember that each of us has free will. God has given every single person alive free will. We have the choice to decide and we cannot make or force or manipulate any single person. And God doesn't do this either. He doesn't force us to behave a certain way. But I do think as Christians, we have a responsibility to say, Hey, I, because I love you. I just want you to know, like, if you continue in this way, but we're doing it out of love. We're, and I think that's something that we really have to stop and evaluate. Am I speaking up because I'm offended? Am I speaking up because they're not doing it my way? So often we can think, oh, well, I'm just championing what God wants, but really it's just, you're offended. You don't like what they're doing. They're not doing it your way. And I think we really have to step back and get some discernment there. Am I actually doing this out of love for the other person? Am I doing this because I care about what happens to them? Or am I just offended? Am I just mad? Am I not getting my own way. So I think it really starts there with, am I doing this out of the other person's best interest? If so, how can I do this in a way that is loving to them? How can I share while still being respectful of their free will? Also, we talked a minute ago about how we can't expect non-Christians to behave the same way as Christians do. If you think about it, as Christians, we have the help of the Holy Spirit. We believe the Holy Spirit empowers us, enables us to live a spirit-filled holy life. Well, if you think about a non-Christian, they don't have that help. So either the Holy Spirit helps us. So we should be living more godly lives and we can't, you know, not, I'm not disparaging non-Christians because there's, I'm sure very many, many, very good people who are very wonderful and loving and kind who are not Christian. But if we truly believe the Holy Spirit helps us, then there has to be some reality where we say, okay, 
non-Christians who are not living by the power of the spirit don't have that help. How can we expect them? You better measure up to the standard that we ourselves with the Holy Spirit's help are not able to do. Like, I know that there are so many days where I don't do the right thing. I try, I want to, I want to live according to the spirit, but there's days lots of days where I am angry, where I am prideful, where I am selfish because I'm human and we all are. So if I know I myself am not always doing the right thing, of course, no one's going to do the right thing. So I think it it starts with coming to them with the sense of love, with the sense of, Hey, I care about you. I'm going to leave it up to you. I'm going to share what I know, but ultimately the decision is up to you. And I think we just need to do a whole lot more caring, a whole lot more loving, a whole lot more seeing people as children of God who we care about what happens to them in a lot less, oh, well, you better do it my way or I'm going to be offended. I love that you said we need to check our hearts and see whether we're offended or whether this is really like what God calls us to do, because that's true in a, in a culture that's so cancel culture, so offended, all the things, it can be so easy to just, Hey, this isn't how I think it should be done. So now I need to berate you. I need to tell you how it should be done. I need to, you know, whatever, as opposed to, I see you on a path that's leading to destruction. And because I love you, I want to pull you back from that. And then ultimately we share the gospel, we share the truth of God's word, and it becomes up to them. And that's such a heavy tension to sit in is that free will of the person and understanding, listen, I love you. I don't want you to go down this path, but ultimately you have to make that decision. Um, so would you speak into for a second, because I know you talk about it in your book about, we often hear that Christians shouldn't judge. What, what do we do when we're in a Christian community? And what does the Bible actually say about this? Because this is a topic the girls and I have talked about a lot. You know, what is okay for us to judge? How does it look inside the Christian community and outside of the Christian community? And where do we have the reign to do that? Yeah, this is a great question because so often we hear both Christians and non-Christians even quoting verses like Matthew chapter one, which says, do not judge or you too will be judged. So if you are looking for a verse that tells you, hey, don't judge other people, it's really easy to take a single verse or a portion of a verse out of scripture and say, hey, the Bible says right here, don't judge. You're not supposed to judge other people. And I feel like that's something that's really common that people say, oh, Christians shouldn't judge. However, it's so important important that we don't simply pull one part of a verse out of scripture without understanding it in context, both within the context of that passage and the context of scripture as a whole. So Matthew 7, for example, 7, 1 does say, do not judge or you too will be judged. But if you keep reading on to verse 5, it continues, you hypocrite, first take the plank out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. So when you read this in context and throughout the treasury of the rest of scripture, there's so many times where it says, okay, There are times when you shouldn't judge, but there are a lot of times when we as Christians are called to judge. Now, there's a difference between being judgmental. We don't need to be judgmental of other people and sit in a position where we think we're better than them, where we have it more figured out than them, that they are so wrong because that leads into pride and pride is very clearly wrong all throughout scripture. But there are so many verses that say, okay, you do have a responsibility to judge right from wrong. You have a responsibility to judge those behaviors. 
Can you imagine a society where we could never judge any behavior as right or wrong? Most of us do believe that if I go out on the street right now and pull out a gun and just randomly murder a stranger, that that is wrong. If somebody came and did atrocious acts to your sister, you would say that is wrong. I want them to be punished for that. They should go to jail. They should have whatever punishment you feel is appropriate for them. We have the sense of justice inside of us that is God given that says, hey, there are things that are wrong. And when these things that are are wrong happen, there needs to be some judgment there. And as Christians, we have a responsibility. And there's so many verses throughout the Bible that say, hey, discern between what is good and what is wrong. The Bible says, don't spend time with fools, you know, choose your friends wisely. How could you choose your friends wisely? How could you choose your influences wisely if you're not discerning that, okay, this behavior is wrong and this behavior is right. And this kind of person generally tends to make a lot of good, wise choices. And this person tends to make a lot of bad choices. So I think the difference is not judging a person in a judgmental kind of way, in a way that says, hey, I'm better than you because that's pride. But we absolutely can. And we have the responsibility of judging actions as yes, that is a good, wise action or no, that is a sinful action. But I think as this verse in Matthew 7 says, we have to start first by evaluating ourselves. So when we first go and say, hey, what is my part in the situation? What am I doing? It's really easy to say, hey, this other person is doing the wrong thing. They're behaving sinfully. But if you stop first and you say, you know what, I also behave sinfully way more often than I would ever care to admit, whether it's in the same way or a different way, like I am just as guilty. I have done the same kinds of things or different things like I am not perfect. And so I can't expect them to be perfect. God died for sinners. And that includes me. So I think it just starts with taking a step back and saying, hey, none of us are perfect. None of us have it figured out. I'm going to help you along, but I'm not going to do it from a place of judgment. It's going to be from a place of love as a fellow sinner who like, hey, we all mess up, but let's share our knowledge together. I love that because it goes back to looking at ourselves. Like our last question, am I offended? And so when we kind of deal with our own sin first and we come before God with our issues, then we come from a place of humility and we don't come from a place of pride. Brittany Ann, your book is an amazing resource and I love the gamut of topics that you talk about. If somebody were wanting to connect with you online and they want to follow you and they want to do all of that, where do they connect with you? How do they get their, their hands on this book? Because I'm telling you, ladies, you have heard some great stuff from Brittany Ann today and y'all, she is, she's talking about the same stuff that I have been talking about with you guys on the podcast about scripture being the, the whole story, not taking something out of context, really walking with, with God's biblical principles in mind. And I just know that you guys are going to love her. So where can they connect with you and get your book? Well, the best place to connect with me is on my website. It is equippinggodlywomen.com. If you go to equippinggodlywomen.com, you can download and read the first chapter of my book for free. So if you say, okay, this is kind of interesting. I'd like to know more. Go ahead, download the first chapter, see what it is all about. And if you love it, the book is available on Amazon, Christian Book, Barnes & Noble, all of the places. Oh, so exciting. I'm so excited for this book, baby, to come out into the world because it's such a great resource. All right. So something that I want to ask you before we close our time together today is what is one of your favorite, favorite products? Like totally random can be anything that you've purchased, but something that you're like, you know what? Every girlfriend I have should have this product. Okay. This is totally random, but if you are a woman with long hair, what you need in your life is it's called a tub shroom. It looks 
like a mushroom. It's like a plastic, like a really soft moldable plastic, and it sticks in your shower drain. So when you have like long hair and it goes down the drain rather than clogging up all of your drains, which I used to like clog up drains, like nobody's business. So I found this thing online one day and I was like, I have to have this. They're super cheap. You can find them anywhere, but it's called a tub shroom. And your hair, when it goes down the drain, it kind of like swirls around this Uh little mushroom thing. And then you just pull it out after your shower and all your hair is caught right there. And it doesn't go down and clog your drains. Oh, I love it. Love it. Cause I totally have long hair. Not that people on the podcast would know that right now because they can't see us just hear us, but such a great, such a great thing. All right, friends. If you need to connect with Brittany Ann, you need to go to her website, equippinggodlywomen.com. Download chapter one of her book while you order it on Amazon, because I promise you, you're going to love it and you're going to want it in your collection, mark it up and then share it with a friend. Thank you, Brittany, and so much for coming on the Girlfriends in the Word podcast today. It has been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. This has been so fun. Thank you so much for listening to the Girlfriends in the Word podcast. You can find resources on the website at www.nataliadrum.com, which is where you can connect with me via email, you can download resources, or you can check out the shop for books and tools to grow in your faith. If you want to connect with me on social media, head over to Instagram and find me at the handle at Natalia Drum. 